Hello everyone, Joyce here. So, I'd like to start off with this little incident that happened when I went with two of my friends to Myanmar. And it was on a holiday and it, it was a weekend and a Sunday. So I was like looking around for a church and I didn't know where I was going. And so I decided, okay, let me just walk. So I walked and then I came across this church and uh, I looked so beautiful from the outside. This beautiful structure, tall, huge uh, structure, and I was like, "Wow, so impressive!" And I went into this church, and uh, they had pews, and they had cushions, and I'm, I, I like churches with these cushions on the kneeling, yeah. So I just went, and it was, and there was no one inside the church, so I thought, mm, "It must be early for mass," uh, because everything looked like there's an altar, there was, um, there was uh, statues. And there was something that looked like a, there was also that tabernacle. So I just sat down there and I was like uh, saying, oh, thank you. I was quite glad that I was alone. So I could spend some time in prayer. Then as I was praying, then suddenly something didn't feel right. So I was just uh, in, my, in my spirit. And I was just saying, um, Lord, um, just come and just lie down. This sense that that um, this was not the right church, so I said, "Lord, um, hey, this looks like a Catholic church. Everything about it is so Catholic. Um, everything looks. I mean, I but I I want to know if your presence is here. So I just sat down there in deep prayer, and I was like, "Lord, show me, and show me if your presence is here." And as I was praying, there was this. Suddenly there's this, not suddenly, but I sense this voice telling me, oh, no, I'm not here. My presence is not here. And I was like, okay. So I went out of the church and still there was no one. And then there was this guy uh, outside the church. He was cleaning up the, 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 the area, area around the church. And I was asked him, uh, excuse me, is this a Catholic church? And he looked at me and said, oh, no, it's not. And I was like, oh. So I quickly walked out and then looked for another church. And and the beautiful part about this whole thing is that when I found the, the Catholic church, I was like, such. I, I just admire the people from Myanmar. They, every Sunday they go for confessions. So I saw this long confessional line. And I was like, yay, I'm back in my church. But the a point of my story is the presence. If you look at um, the first reading right from Ezekiel, it seems like a whole lot of slaughter, bloodthirsty people just uh, coming to just take vengeance on God's people, God's people in inverted commas. So, uh, so there was like seven, uh, six men who came in and in his vision, in Ezekiel's vision, and along with the seventh who was dressed in a white robe, which is very typical of a Hebrew um, a scribe, a Hebrew priest, and then the exact vengeance. And earlier there was this uh, Hebrew letter Tau uh, written on those who had uh, gone into idol worship. And so th these were given the, the, the command to just strike everyone down, including uh, women and children, just strike them down. It seems very harsh. Yeah, in today's context, because where is free will? But Nebuchadnezzar, he was like, um, he wanted to. He, but the, the, the number was very few uh, because Ezekiel had done a lot of um, work with them. 
so the number of those who were executed at the time was very few. Not that it's a consolation, but yeah. But the point of this whole story is, the whole text in this Old Testament is that now the glory of Israel, I'm looking at verse 3, now the glory of God of Israel had gone up from the cherubim on which it rested to the threshold of the house and he called to the man clothed in linen who had been writing, who had the writing case at his side and the Lord said to him, go through the city and then put a mark and all that. But the point is that the divine presence moved from the holy of holies to the door of the temples at this point it just moved and then if we move to verse uh, chapter 10 verse 18 and the glory of god went forth from the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubim and the cherubim lifted up their wings and then what happened the glory of the israel the and the, they stood at the door and the east gate of the house and then it was it was gone the presence of god because the, there was already this act of defiling. People were killed in the presence, making it an unworthy place for God's presence, making it an unworthy place for worship. What I'm, uh, I'm just thinking about this time when, uh, yeah, when I could sense the presence of God. And now I ask myself, Joyce, how are you walking with God? Are you in a right relationship with God right now that you can sense his presence, and you know when the presence of God has left. So it's for us to ask ourselves at each moment of the time, God, are you walking with me? And if you're not, what's happening in my life that you have removed your presence from me? And to just cry out for God, God, come. God, come in my unworthiness and teach me and show me how I can get back into a right relationship with you. And one of the ways in which we can get back into a right relationship with God is, yeah, the answer is in Matthew. So Matthew 18, I'm looking at Matthew 18. Uh, it talks about uh, binding and losing of sins. So it's uh, it, Matthew uh, constructs here a three-step procedure for disciplining. Uh, it's if only all of us could follow that. Me especially, it's like when we have a problem with someone, what do we do? Go and tell this person, go and tell another person. And uh, finally, the whole world knows about it, except the person with whom we are, we are meant to care front. And yeah, when will we ever learn? When will I ever learn? The first, um, the first thing to do is what Matthew suggests. If your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him. And then I put this in red, you know, I marked it in red. Alone, A-L-O-N-E. If I I tell you there will be, our church would be such, our churches would be, would be like heaven if all of us followed this. If we have a problem with someone, we go and sort it out with that person alone. And then it moves on. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Gained your brother. And therein lies that crux, you know. If you follow this, if I follow this. So gained here is a technical rabbinic term for missionary conversion. Because when it's, it's I mean, and I, it has happened to me so many times. When I decide, the times when I decide to go and care front the person, I have, I have gained a friendship with this person. But when I go around telling every other 
person around me in church, you know, and make myself be the victim. Probably I am, but, 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 yeah, it just turns so sour. But there are many times, yes, of course, Matthew is well aware that there, there, it, there are times when the first stage is private uh, confrontation. Okay, and then he says that we, it's a three-step procedure. If he does not, then take two or three others along with you that every word may be confirmed. So this is very legal. Okay. Lawsuit need to have evidence by evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, so that's the second stage process, right? The second, the, the second step. Now the third step, tell it to the church. Now who's the church? The community. Because this person has wronged me and has gone, has not even listened to the other three people. They've been, they've been advising this person and that, um, that person can be me. Imagine if I'm the, I've wronged someone. And then two or three people come in from the church and this person has brought me and said, look here Joyce, what you've done is really, really nasty. You need to really change your ways. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Uh, what I did was right and I'm, I refuse to, to mm, no, I'm right. And I, and I look at them and I say, I'm sorry, but that person is wrong. Even though three other people are coming and telling me and I say, no. Then I become, I become a toxin for my church community. So what is the final stage? Now the final one is very, it's a very drastic step. And it is only when the community is at stake. Because we cannot have a person like me in the community who is spreading so much of toxic gases around, who is so stuck in my ways that I don't want to listen to even the elders in my community. Then what is suggested is that let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So this is, comes, a, this comes a time in the church when the community has to say, I'm sorry, you will not listen to us. And that's it. We need to exclude you from our community until you come back to your senses. And then the, that's the, then the story of the prodigals, and, and then I would go back and, yeah, but the importance of the message here is that, that carefrontation with the individual, I, I need to do that also this weekend, I need to carefront an individual, although I took the wrong way, uh, I'm still learning, but yeah, we fall, we learn, we pick ourselves up, and we need to give ourselves that, um, that grace to okay you, you'll get it right this time so yeah I'm still going with that hope so um, and then I say to whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth shall be loose in heaven again I say to you if two or three agree about anything it will be done by my father in heaven so where two or three now the verb uh, two or three it's uh, the verb is symphonin which suggests harmony of voices. That means the two or three are harmonious in their decisions. There exists harmony in the church, which is important. So this can be, uh, when we gather in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So this can be in the context of prayer, it can be in the context of study, or in this but in this particular context, it is decision-making. And then Jesus says this final thing, no? I am there, and it identifies Jesus with the Torah, the divine divine presence there i am he is there so jesus is there in that situation in the midst of them 
So the use of the present sense gives us this permanence of Jesus. He will never leave us. No matter what our struggles are, no matter where we are at, rock bottom, sky high, He is there. He is there with you. He is there with me. And He will see us through. But to just look at it, look at ourselves and see, Lord, uh, help me, help me through my struggles. I really, really, really need you. So with that, um, let's just ponder about this, the divine presence being with us and also to mark what we, to also care front the individual. Have a great day, everyone. God bless you.